Hour two of the Blitz. It starts right now here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios here on Fan Run Radio. We're live on 1340 AM, 105.7 FM. We're live in your Fan Run Radio app. That's free wherever you get your apps. We're also live in the Fan Run Radio web browser. And if you want to watch along, that video feed is over on the Fox Sports Knoxville Twitter. Sand, we still have Roberto on the line? We do, we do. Roberto, thanks for staying with us. We'll head over to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. We'll start off hour two with a call from Roberto. Happy Friday. How you doing? Is he? Do you hear him, Sam? I do not. Is is the phone line on? It just shut off now. Oh, can we get a call back, Roberto? No, no, Roberto. There then. you go. Oh, he's calling back. All right, our apologies. Live radio for you. Roberto has called back. <laughs> so, uh, what'd you do, Sam? I just hung up there. That was on. Now me. you hung up. Yeah, that was beautiful. On me. This is what happens when we go brockless. <laughs> this is why you can't leave us, Andy. I got you, Roberto. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> we got him this time. This um, needs to be a great phone call now. After all, the, after all the trouble, I'm, we're I'm, good. We're good. That's what I'm expecting. Right, so the pressure's on me for a guy screwing up the boards. Got it. Check. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm just I'm expecting. It no, 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 Charlie. You, you are, said yeah. your piece. You said your piece. <laughs> That no, 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 me, no, 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 that's all on Berto. Berto's got to deliver. Uh, call me the pizza man. I'm here to deliver. Uh, speaking of pizza, I want to get to that New Haven pizza. Uh, but, yeah, guys, you know, I was a huge Zach Bryan fan when he started his career uh, when his name was Tyler Childers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I do miss old Tyler Childers. I mean, I'm good for him for, you know, changing his life and all around and all that good stuff, but. I miss yeah, his old the, songs. His old songs make yeah. some great music. The powders and intravenous young drug use and alcohol were, were great for that guy, and then bad for that guy, which then made his music, meh. I mean, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, you know, fine. we got some good music out of him, I guess. But, but, yeah, Zach, big Zach Bryan fan when he opened his career with the stage name Tyler Childers. Uh, uh, pizza. So, Pizza Man's got to deliver, right? Uh, so... New Haven's weird. Uh, let's just establish that New Haven generally is weird. Uh, they're coastal elitists, hardcore. You know what's in New Haven, right? Um, that's is that Yale. where Yale. Yale is? Yale. Okay. Yeah. So Rooster Square is kind of where you're going to find a lot of pizza joints in that generalized area. Uh, the one that everybody knows about used to be called Tony's when it first opened is now Modern Pizza. Um, it is. Solidly great pizza, like, uh, and then there's um, uh, Frank Pepe's, uh, which they're about the same age. Um, but Pepe's is, is one the one that has the uh, their big thing is is clam pizza. Oh, have you heard of white clam pizza? Yeah, I I don't know about that. I'll try it, but I don't know about what that. about Sally's? It, it's like vomit and snot on a pizza. What about Sally's? Sorry, Sal's? Did you say Sal's? You broke up there. Sally's? Sal's? Sally's. I've actually, I don't think I've eaten there. Okay. Uh, there's only one of the modern, so, so I say modern, like the newer ones mm-hmm. uh, that, that I've eaten at. Um, I think the one you're talking about, I just don't think I've ever seen it because, again, 
there's only so many you can eat at, right? Right. Uh, but uh, uh, there's another one called uh, uh, Italianos, and it is really quite well, quite good too. But I would say um, this is really where I was going. The white clam pizza is what they're known for, and like people up there are obsessed with it, like obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. Like you have to order it hours and hours and hours in advance. And that they will not do delivery of it because it doesn't arrive fresh. Because basically, they put wet clams on pizza, and it is. I don't. Know. I tried. I gents. I tried so hard to like it because I was like, "Oh, this is cool! Like I'm doing something." It, it is. It is. It tastes like snot. I mean, like it literally tastes like you you got a cold in the winter and you've got snot running down the back of your throat. Do, yes. do so that do they cook? the wet clams like do they bake them into the pizza and do they not like do they, were they not yeah i mean up? yeah yeah sort of i mean they tasted like they had been cooked yeah this is about three years ago now but uh they tasted like they had been cooked but like not all the way i don't i don't really know how to describe it and then it's more of like an alfredo hence the white now, i feel like you're pizza. doing a pretty good job describing it like i have a pretty gross visual like i feel like i can feel it in my mouth and it's not good yeah yeah it's it's um it's something now if you love it though uh buddy i'm telling you you're gonna love it but it just i couldn't get past the fact that i was i don't mind eating seafood on stuff i don't mind trying weird stuff you know uh rocky mountain oysters let's go i know that sounds (laughs) gross but um done it uh you know but it's just mm. It just didn't settle well with me, and I don't have a texture thing either. I don't know. I highly recommend trying it one time, and then if you love it, you're gonna love it. Is uh so, so is New Haven like all New York style pizza? It's it's a lot more wood fired, like uh, oven roasted oven oven fired pizzas. So That's what uh, you know, uh, charcoal specific. Mm, so, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I would actually I've had some New York pizzas as, as well, and I'll say New Haven holds its it, it's it's. It, got his puncher's weight up i mean it's it punches above its weight it's good i mean uh, i'm a pizza connoisseur I, I tried for a while to find the best pizza in knoxville i was trying all the different places and and rating them all and, and trying to find my top five yeah and i, I never did finish, but but big ed's <laughs> was my favorite in the area uh i do love me some big ed's but uh sometimes you need an entire roll of napkins to just kind of dab off the this the sitting juices as yeah. it were yeah that's part of it but i would yeah. say like big ads are uh, south coast when you when you get a good one south coast and can have like a more inconsistent pie um, Harvey's well, can be pretty solid yep if if you will guys i want to uh, and you need to go to pizza palace if you're gonna do anything. oh yeah yeah i've been to pizza palace i love me some that's pizza good. palace that's good um Last thing, guys, I, I, I'm going to do something because I love you guys, okay? And I love what you're doing here, but you need an old man's perspective on something, and I'm going to give it to you, okay? You guys can't see the forest for the trees for your Titans. I'm sorry. I heard you earlier. This is my only sports take of the day. The Titans suck, okay? I'm not a Titans fan. I can tell you the Titans suck. You know who else sucks? The Saints. The only thing the Titans have that the Saints don't is a better is frankly a better running back, and I mean I thought Alvin Kamara was great, but he's not. If the Titans were in any other division, they would probably finish dead last. 
other than the NFC South. Guys, they are not good. You, you were talking about all these things that could attract this and that. Guys, I'm sorry. It's just truth. I, I'm sorry to be I that mean, guy. The Titans one of the NFL's best defenses when healthy. Uh, and so do the Saints, by the way. Yeah. I wouldn't call That's the Saints saying. a bad team either. I would call the Saints, yeah, they are. The I would Saints, call the Saints are a poorly coached team. I would call Dennis well, yeah, Allen a bad coach, and I would call the Saints a, a quarterback list poorly coached team. But So is that not exactly the same as – I mean, okay, Vrabel's a better coach. Vrabel, I mean, is one of the better coaches in the NFL. He's coming off of you know Coach of the Year honors. Um, and the Titans did not suck until more than 50% of their salary was put on IR. Mm. That's when the Titans began to suck. Like, do they have issues? Yeah. You just, they you just finished, the line? Yeah. You just finished second in the second worst division in pro football. Yeah, I mean, with, I mean, with all the injuries in of the our players missing from the week one game. You guys sound like me trying to explain away Derek Dooley and... Jeremy Pruitt, and all these to my other fan friends. I'm just telling you guys what you sound like. Love you guys. I really do, and I really enjoy the show. Have a great day, okay? Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for calling to talk about some pizza. Now I'm just now I'm just waiting 50 more minutes so I can go eat some lunch. <laughs> I was thinking it was maybe like a, a kava kind of day. I usually go big on like Mondays and Fridays. I don't really? like that place. No. Really? It's not that good. It's elite. It's not. It is top three meal in Knoxville to me. No, it's it's, it's a chain just, restaurant. I know it's Charlie. a chain restaurant. It's not a top That's the three most absurd part about it. Well, I mean, when I say like meal, I, I guess like I'm not including like all the unique and like different things that you could do like if you want to spend more money and stuff. But I'm talking about just like typical like average lunch. It's top three, and I know it's a chain, and that's just how good it is. But I don't want to keep giving them free advertising. I, now I might just get some pizza instead because you got me all ready for some pizza. Um, let's hit a little mini opening drive at eleven eleven. Okay. Just because um, yeah, today is such a good day for it. I can even get, give you all four downs real quick if you want, Sam. Yeah, I'll try and I'll try and hop in here a little bit. I mean, like I'm saying, like if you don't if you don't have any, you're good. I've got. I, there I are, have. There are I have four two. Very obvious ones. I have two. If you let me go first here. Well, you got to play the music? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be easy, right? Let's go here, huh? All right. First down. Uh, Notre Dame head coach, head basketball coach, Mike Bray, is going to retire at the end of the season. The program announced on Thursday, Mike Bray... 63 years old. He's in his 23rd season with Notre Dame. He's the winningest coach in program history. 481 and 269 records since taking over in 2000. Uh, he's led Notre Dame to 13 NCAA tournament appearances, a pair of trips to the Elite Eight. Uh, Notre Dame not having the best season. 9-10 and 10 overall, 1-7 in the ACC. It kind of stinks. Like, we were talking about, you know, retiring – I think a little bit with Tom Brady versus like getting out when when you're still good or, or letting it go too long. It kind of feels like Mike Bray, Mike Bray maybe maybe let us maybe stayed a year or two too long, and you know it's maybe not going to be remembered quite the same uh, his career as it otherwise could have. Because again, you know you're one and seven in a bad ACC this year, but 
absolutely a legendary coach. I mean, he dragged a program out of a wasteland, broke a 10-year postseason drought in his first year, transitioned to the Big East, then the ACC. Uh, I mean, went above and beyond to upgrade their facilities, get new additions, uh, completely turn around their basketball program. Because, I mean, we talk about the, the challenges that Notre, Dame, that Notre Dame football faces. It was even worse for Notre Dame basketball, and Mike Bray fought through all of it. Going to be an interesting hire coming up, um, but I hope that we can all appreciate him. I think he's one of the more overlooked names sometimes in college basketball. Like I, I sometimes think that he doesn't get some of the same respect as other great long-time legendary coaches. To me, in his own right, in his own kind of unique way, Mike Bray is a legend. And yeah, I, I think hope he, that he gets that. that respect. I agree. Second down. Second down. Uh, let's head over to the West Coast. Loyola Marymount snaps Gonzaga's home winning streak at 76. That makes me happy, man. I love seeing Gonzaga lose. And if it happens at home, that's even better. 76. It's a great game. It was a great game. Auburn. Cam Shelton for uh, Loyola Marymount dropped 27. He uh, had the go-ahead... Go ahead, shot. 13 seconds left to win that game for for Loyola Marymount. I'm sorry. Um, first first win for Loyola Marymount there in 25 years. Just a just a great upset there. One of the greatest uh, you know home winning streaks that Gonzaga had going on there. They were outpacing everyone probably by double uh, for like yeah. The I next mean Auburn now has the longest home what, win streak. Like 30 something like probably. Yeah. So. 83 straight games against uh, unranked opponents. They had won. 46 of them were at home, and that streak comes to an end. They had won 36 straight in the month of January. That comes to an end. Got to just love when a streak comes to an end. Shout out Loyola Marymount. Let's go Lions! Third down. Dion has done it again. Done it again. Done it again. Last year he flipped the number one corner in the country. Travis Hunter from Florida State to Jackson State. This year, it's Cormani McLean, and it's from Miami to Colorado. Cormani McLean, the top-ranked corner in the 2023 cycle, number 12 overall uh, prospect. He flipped his commitment from Miami to Colorado Thursday, according to multiple reports. All indications he'll sign with the Buffaloes on February 1st. Um, big recruiting win for him. Uh, he'd been committed to Miami since October. He delayed his signing in December. And uh, he went to uh, Colorado for a secret official visit, too, interestingly enough. You knew Buffaloes. something was up. Yeah, when Buffaloes he, uh... jumped 10 spots up to number 29 in 247's composite rankings. Um, up three spots to number 19 in total acquisition rankings when you factor in transfers. Imagine he can play almost right away. Yeah. Almost. We'll see. I mean, Travis Hunter is coming over, as is Tavion Beasley from Jackson State, as is HBCU All-American Cameron uh, Silliman, and Ar Arkansas 14-game starter Miles Slusher. They're going to put together a nice little nice little secondary there. Yeah, they one. are. Uh, Sam, fourth down. 
Uh, fourth down, let's go over to the transfer portal here. Former Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders has committed to Ole Miss. Uh, four-year starter for Oklahoma State. Almost 9,500 yards passing. 2,000 rushing. 85 total touchdowns. Uh, this comes, you know, just a couple days after they picked up another quarterback, uh, Walker Howard from LSU in the portal. So now... That quarterback battle at Ole Miss is going to be uh, pretty interesting. You got Spencer Sanders, you got Walker Howard, you got Jackson Dart yeah, Jackson coming Dart's back. Still there. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to be a battle though. If you're Spencer Sanders, you're not going to go to. You're Ole not Miss committing if you're, if you're not starting, right? Yeah. So I mean, I guess Spencer Sanders is Does just Dart the hit the portal. I mean, the window's closed. I bet Dart hits the portal in spring. I wouldn't be surprised. He didn't look great this year. No, I mean, I would rather have Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders. I love that guy. It seemed like uh, he was what I thought he was kind of leaning to go to Auburn. Hugh Freeze was trying to get him to go to Auburn there and, and start immediately, but it seems as if he is taking his talents to another SEC West school and going to Ole Miss. Well, hey, good opening drive. There we go. Yeah. we uh, Nice little short one. That was like the two-minute drill. Yeah. Had to keep it quick. Keep Should we keep quick. the? Uh, let's keep it here real quick, actually. Okay. Before we send it to break, I'll go ahead and, and get this wheel done. Forgot mm. I have a punishment wheel today, mm. but want to jump back into the playoff combo plus talk balls LSU. So let's get the wheel going now. If you want to flip over to the Twitter feed, the wheel is on the TV behind me on the video feed. If you're wondering why I'm spinning a wheel, the Titans didn't make the playoffs. I have to do it every day for two weeks. I'll be doing it every day next week. I've spun suit for a week three times, leg wax. It's tough. What do you want? Not suit. I, I don't know. Not suit for a week? I want in the wheel. That's what I want. That's true. Instead, I'm going to get <laughs> nightly NBA game report. <laughs> Wait, is this like for a week? It's the nightly NBA game report or for just, a week. just one night of a NBA no, game for report? For a week, the two of you pick an <laughs> NBA game and I have to watch it and then give you a detailed report the next morning. This one's brutal. <laughs> well, especially I work till 11, four out of the five days. So yeah. I'm just going to have to record an NBA game. That's not going to be fun at all. <laughs> That's not going to be fun Damn at all. It. Send us to break. Prophecies that I made way back in the veil. Fulfill. Listen, even back when we was broke, my team ill. Martin Luther King would have been on Dreamville. Talk to him. All right, back here on Blitz. Blake Corum. Here's a report from The Athletic. Apparently, Blake Corum. Getting a possible seven-figure NIL deal to stay at Michigan. Michigan's got some sort of uh, like NIL collective now, where it's it's called like the One More Year Fund or something like that. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. they're trying to get kids that are like kind of on the fence to go to the NFL and stuff. Smart. Yeah, it is smart. I mean, it's a good smart. idea. I hope that the Vols adapt that. Maybe we can adapt it for basketball. One more year, Julian Phillips. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, I think seems kind of likely at this point anyway. Uh, Sorry, I was about to jump back into the playoffs. Just had something else pop up. Uh, The Athletic. 
just released their latest bracketology one minute ago. Mm-hmm. Potential first four game in Dayton. Listen to this one. Ohio State and Kentucky. Mm, in Dayton. What a Dayton, game, dude. In Dayton in the first four. That is... That would be an gets awesome game. Gets me feeling game. tingly. That would be an awesome inside. game. I love the first oh, four. Oh, that would get me going. First four is like part of the best part of the tournament, I think. First four, yeah, I love the first four. A couple years ago, I was arriving in Vegas uh, like as those first four games were getting started, and it just felt it felt like one of the more like perfect moments in time. Just be like getting out of the cab and like, Getting into your getting into your hotel and right there at the bar, like there's a crowd of people starting to gather as one of those first four games tips off. Mm. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I just uh I just booked my flight to Vegas yesterday for this year's trip. That is hilarious that you and Kenai are on the same flight. Yeah, me and one of our reckless buddies from back home just happened to be going to Vegas at the exact same time and also happened to be on the exact same flight. And, I mean, he is a reckless individual. But uh, March 8th, March 8th, uh, March 8th through 13th, Vegas. So that, Let's go. The Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of the SEC tournament, you and Andy are on your own. Love it. Love it. Should be fun. Uh, jumping back into the playoffs, though, Sunday, I'm excited for Saturday. I'm thrilled for Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday's an unbelievable day of football. Starting things off, obviously, with Bills-Bengals. That's uh, unquestionably the game of the weekend, correct? Mm-hmm. On paper, for sure. For sure. Actually, I I don't know if this will be... The, do you think this will be the closest score of the weekend? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I know you said you think the Giants-Eagles is going to OT, maybe. I think this is a game-winning field goal. I kind of think the Bengals might come out and and jump all over the Bills. Really? But then part of me also thinks, well, that offensive line, you know, you're going to have Jackson Carmen in there at tackle. Uh I don't know. But, I mean, we talk about the 49ers and how hot of a team they are. The Bengals have the second longest win streak in the NFL. Uh, Burrow was on fire down the stretch. Bengals have won 13 of their last 15 games. They had a 7-3 to lead in the first quarter of that Monday night game that got advantage, uh, you know, got postponed, and it looked like they were the, clearly had an advantage in that game. I just don't think the Bills have actually been playing that good of football lately. Like, I get it. The Bills have Josh Allen, and they won a lot of games, but I just don't know how that's going to translate to the playoffs when you have 27 turnovers in the regular season. Yeah. When Josh Allen has 14 interceptions and a handful of fumbles. When you're playing... When you get you know when you get into this portion of the playoffs, right? When you're gonna probably you know presumably play the Bengals, and if you get past them, the Chiefs, like you can't give away possessions. You can't let a talented quarterback like Joe Burrow, like Patrick Mahomes, have extra possessions. I mean that just puts you in such 
a losing situation. And, and, you know, the Bills had to escape the Dolphins a week ago, 34-31. And the Dolphins had lost five of their last six. You know, they had barely snuck into the playoffs with an 11-6 victory in the final week of the season. Mm-hmm. And they come out and they score 31 on you. You know, they, they get you in a situation where really they almost could have beaten you. Maybe it's their wake-up call, right? On one hand, it could be. On one hand, maybe it's just an indicator that this team, this year's version of the Bills team, is not one that is set up to win a Super Bowl. I kind of think it's an indicator. I don't know. I mean, since Von Miller went down, they're not really generating the same pressure. That's why I'm not as worried about you know Jackson Carmen being in there at tackle. I... I think the Bills' secondary is overrated. I don't think that they're nearly as good as people think. Last last week, the Dolphins, they were open all over the place. You know, between a couple Skylar Thompson bad throws and, like, nine drops, Dolphins left a ton of offense out on that field. That's not going to happen with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. I really like the Bengals in this football game. I really like a couple of dogs this weekend. I really like the Giants. or no, I kind of like the Giants. I like the value of the Giants. That's what I like in that game. Mm-hmm. But I just love the Bengals here. Outright, I'd bet them if they were a favorite. I'd bet them if they were minus 6.5, I'd take that spread. And here they are as underdogs. I, I think the Bengals have a chip on their shoulder because the NFL, quite frankly, screwed them over. And again, you know, DeMar Hamlin's situation, that's tough. It's a situation where... Uh, somebody is just going to get the short end of it, but the Bengals absolutely did. And, you know, they feel like they handled everything incredibly well. They were incredibly cooperative, gracious. I mean, they were uh, great. They were great throughout the whole process. And how do you get rewarded by getting screwed over? Because what logic is is it that this game is in Buffalo? Yeah, it, this game needs to be on a neutral site. I mean, this game, so let's let's walk through this, right? The Bengals were going to have to flip a coin for home field with the Ravens if the Ravens would have beaten them in Week 18, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that the Bengals would have had a better win percentage. Correct. Because the NFL said, well, you know, hey, they beat you twice, and or they would have beaten you twice, and you know they would have had a chance to win the division if you just would have lost that Monday night game. So it would only be fair if we flip a coin. I think that makes sense. That is fair. It's it's unfortunate, but it's fair. The NFL says, okay, well, hey, Bills, Chiefs, you know what? Hey, the Bills, if you would have won that Monday night game, maybe you would have had a chance to be the one seed. So since we're not playing that game, it's only fair if we just if you guys meet in the AFC Championship, we put it on a Monday night. Or not on a Monday night, on a neutral site. Neutral site. Neutral field, site, yeah. Monday night, they rhyme. I don't know how I said one <laughs> instead of the other. But, you know, if you guys meet, we'll put it on a neutral site. Disappointing, but also fair but then the Bengals and the bills play this weekend and if the Bengals would have won a monday night game that they were favored in that they were leading when it was postponed they would be hosting the bills this week instead but now they have to go back and and go to buffalo especially in a game how on earth that barely got started right like how on earth do you apply the logic to potential Bills Chiefs or potential, you know, tie with with 
with Ravens Bengals, but that logic doesn't get applied to the Bengals' advantage between mm-hmm. them and the Bills. That is entirely unfair. I don't think enough people are talking about it. I think people are kind of afraid to talk about it because they don't want to sound insensitive towards DeMar Hamlin and, and everything that transpired there. But for, to, come on. like to Exactly. For such a, a big playoff game, you know, you're going to the to the AFC championship game if you win this game and I mean I, I what, that injury was like five minutes into the game, wasn't it? Five or ten minutes into the game. It was like seven to three. You know, I feel like it would be a different story if say Buffalo's up and late in the third quarter or something, but the game had barely started and now you just kind of, you just kinda of get the short end of the stick for for like the Bengals, not no reason. I mean, if, if, like, if the Bills Chiefs is going to be a neutral site next week, then this game should be a neutral site. Too. I, agree, I agree. Which, as an NFL fan, you know, I'm glad that we're not getting multiple neutral site games because that's not as fun as, as right. You want to see the home crowd, field advantage. The Bengals are getting screwed here. I think that they're going to take that. They're going to put it right on their shoulder as one big old giant chip, and they're going to run through the NFL playoffs with two big middle fingers to Roger Goodell and everybody else, and and get to a Super Bowl and maybe win it. That's what I think is going to happen, but I think they're going. I think they might just open up a can of whoop ass on the Bills this weekend. And I again, I don't. I mean, I kind of gave you a, a football explanation, but this is also really just a gut kind of feeling too. And maybe my gut is wrong. Maybe I just ate a bad burger instead. I don't know. But Bengals are six in the league in turnover differential. If if the Bills and Josh Allen keep doing reckless things like they've been doing for the last couple games, they're not going to. They're they're going to get punished for that simply. Joe Burrow and that offense is just too good to to be able to turn the ball over and and give them some opportunities that you know that they just you can't you can't just give them opportunities to fall into their lap. You got to you got to make Joe Burrow and the Bengals earn it. And if if they play reckless, then they're going to get burnt. I agree. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but. I just think uh, I, I think that Bengals team is just a little bit harder to beat all around right now. I yeah, I mean again I it was on, I've said this it, question yeah, was I'm, on my I'm, factor fiction yesterday. Would you take uh, Joe Burrow to start a franchise over Josh Allen? Do we forget to play factor fiction? We didn't play factor fiction, but we we did Andy's. Uh, I got I'm sorry. I, it's fine. I got so used to you not being here, I forgot. We did Andy's Andy's playoff. Playoff Ram- deep dive, rambles. which I enjoyed because he was not going to be here for the playoffs. So, yeah. fine with me. Well, uh, but I thought that was a decent. Like I think I'm taking Joe Burrow, honestly. Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? Yeah, the th- the question was Joe Burrow is a better quarterback to start a franchise with than Josh Allen. Yes. Yeah. I just think. I mean, like, I had that question. Funny enough. When I was watching Monday Night Football, when DeMar Hamlin, you know, that game, mm-hmm. I, after the first drive of the game, I wrote down in my notes for the next day's show, Joe Burrow is a top blank quarterback. Who would you take right now? Is there an argument for Joe Burrow over Josh Allen? I think and then obviously is. the next day was not good for that kind of no, conversation no. because that was not the kind of conversation that the events of that game dictated. Call me crazy. I think Joe Burrow is the second-best quarterback in the NFL, and I, I would take him over Josh Allen. I don't think that's crazy at all. He doesn't have the arm talent, but he's just he's got that quarterback it factor, I think, that mm-hmm. not a lot he's of quarterbacks have ever had. He's got, he's got the, the intangibles. intangibles, man. 
Those those, those stinking intangibles. Uh, and he's just calm under pressure. You see, jo- I feel like you see a lot of times Josh Allen gets sped up and wound up and like wants to force the play and wants to make the big play. I th- you just see with Burrow, he just lets that come to him almost. And I think that's invaluable, especially in the playoffs. We're running out of time here. 49ers, Cowboys, got anything? Got anything you want to say that's really on your mind about this game? Um, well, while I was looking up turnover differential when we were talking about the Bills turning the ball over a lot, the Niners and Dallas are the top two teams in the league in turnover differential. So I think whoever's winning that turnover battle is winning the game. I, mean, I think this is going to be the biggest blowout of the weekend. Really? Yeah, I think the 49ers blow them out of the water just just send the cowboys into spiraling into an offseason of question marks did Dak play uh the divisional round last week too in his stat line like you think he just yeah. played two games in one he did i think so too kind yeah of. but i think it's a little bit more competitive than a blowout i think i think we're getting like a 17 point 49ers win really wow i don't think so Talk Vol Hoops coming up next. Make it like a fire. Like to keep on wanting more. He asked me, don't you where you at, huh? Back here on the Blitz. Vols, they head down to Baton Rouge tomorrow. A little 4 o'clock. Saturday afternoon. ESPN game. This one will be on the mothership. The mothership. <laughs> 15 and 3, 12 and 6. LSU's been playing some bad ball lately. Bad they've lost. Ball. They've they they've been on uh, quite the losing streak. They have not won a game in the month of January. They lost at home, sixty-seven to forty-nine earlier this week to Auburn. Uh, before that, they got beat by fifty by Alabama. Uh, Florida beat them by eleven. A and M beat them by thirteen. Kentucky beat them by three. Uh, they did start off January with, or I mean, they ended December with a win against Arkansas. But yeah, they've really not looked like a basketball team since. And I mean, they have KJ Williams, right? KJ Williams, uh, following his head coach down to LSU from Murray State, and the six ten senior is a dog, certified dog, seventeen. Point nine points a game, so essentially 18 points a game. Mm-hmm. Shoots over 50%, seven rebounds a game. Uh, is over 80% from the free throw line. Even during this losing streak, he's 16-10, 23-10, 23. Problem is there just hasn't been enough defense and there hasn't been enough play from your guards or your forwards or not. KJ Williams. <laughs> right. He's uh, a I mean, man show. Again, like Adam Miller, solid. I guess, you know, not very efficient, but gets 12 a game. Decent, yeah. That's the only other player besides Williams that gets even eight and a half points a game and more. You know, everybody else is under eight and a half points a game. There's not a lot of balance on this team, and and you know you had an entire roster hit the portal essentially. So, you know you were in a tough situation here taking over this job. Um, Steam doesn't really get a ton of assists. They average just 13 assists a game to almost 13 turnovers. 
from a matchup perspective, you know, I don't think that LSU matches up all that well with Tennessee. Tennessee has been one of the best teams in the country at taking away the opposition's best player. So, you know, you take away K.J. Williams, right? You can slow him down. LSU doesn't really have other ways to beat you. You know, maybe they have some guys that can kind of, you know, try to take you off the dribble. But Tennessee is very good at, at, at cutting off those straight-line drives, you know, getting in the way of the pick and roll. Like, they're not going to let guys just take it off the bounce and try to get to the hole. So, for LSU, you know, you're either going to need to have K.J. Williams just go off, you're going to need to have someone have a, a really hot game, or you're going to need to find some, some open three-point shots and, and really have a hot day shooting outside. But I just don't really think that LSU is going to be able to find a ton of answers offensively away from K.J. Williams. And, yeah, going to LSU can always be a little bit scary. But Tennessee should come out of this one with a win. I think Tennessee will probably be a pretty heavy favorite in this game. And you set yourself up, you know, LSU on the road Saturday and then Wednesday against Georgia where Saturday, January 28th, Texas coming to town at 6 o'clock tip-off on ESPN. Like, that should be a top-10 matchup. Mm -hmm. Easily. That should be one of those matchups that is pivotal towards earning potentially a number one seed or a number two seed. Huge resume, resume builder there. Yeah, I mean they've they've shot below thirty five percent as a team four straight games. You do that, you add that into the mix with the Tennessee defense that we've got here. It's you feel pretty decent. You feel pretty decent about the slump that they're in. You don't want to overlook them, obviously. Losers of five straight playing at home. That's a that's a team that has got something to prove. That has that's going to be playing hard. That's going to be scrapping and clawing for a win, but. You know, you you said it best. Like we're just we find ways to to take away your best player, and there's there's not a whole lot outside of that for this LSU team. So I think you should you should win pretty comfortably on Saturday. But you never know. It's at LSU. It's a weird place to play. A desperate team is always a dangerous one, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a dangerous uh, you know, and, and a desperate team that also describes LSU, and that was. That was kind of the worry with Kentucky, right? Kentucky was completely backed into the wall, a desperate team. But Kentucky was a desperate team coming off of their worst loss since Billy Gillespie coached, well, I guess St. Peter's, but worst regular season loss since Billy Gillespie was the coach. And they were a desperate team with talent. Yeah, You know, LSU has some talent, but they don't really have talent the way that Kentucky has talent, you know, with Oscar Shibway and – Savir Wheeler and Kaysen Wallace and Reeves and Frederick and like guys that weren't meshing well. Like that was Kentucky's issue. Effort, coaching, chemistry. Right. They've got guys that can hurt you individually. LSU's 100%. problem is simply a lack of depth and a lack of top talent. So I, I feel good about this game. Um, and, you know, you have, we, we talk about this SEC race, Alabama. 6 and 0 Tennessee now 5 and 1. There's room for error. That always that's going to happen in every college basketball season. But now that you've lost one that you should have won, you know, you dropped a home game, a very winnable one, one that you were a double digit favorite. There's a lot less room for error if you want to win a regular season crown, especially we've seen just the big drop off between Alabama, Tennessee and then everybody else. 
feels like whoever wins the SEC is going to do it with three losses. Maybe four, but I doubt it. I don't see a way for Alabama or Tennessee both to pick up four losses. Maybe one of them does. I don't think both do. So these these games have become you know of, of heightened importance. You mm-hmm. essentially got SEC games wise, you know, two more in the month of January, one more in March, and nine in February. You're not quite halfway, but you're getting there. And uh, and you got some tough games in February. So yeah, February is going to get got Auburn, Bama, Kentucky, Arkansas. And A&M. I like, mean, you need you got- to win these last two games in January because, like you mentioned, yeah, you go to Florida, you host Auburn, go to Vandy, you host Missouri, you host Alabama, you go to Kentucky, and you go to A&M. I mean, those – from February 1st to February 21st, you are in it. Like, you're in – you're going through the ringer. Then you get South Carolina, Arkansas, and Auburn, three home ga- – you know, two, two at home, and then you go to Auburn to end it, but – First to twenty first is going to decide the SEC, specifically Wednesday, February fifteenth, when when Alabama comes to town. Yeah, this feels like the time of the season where you need to start playing your best ball and get stuff going. Just get chemistry within your team. Start playing good team ball because you know once you get into the thick of things in February, that's just the but, season is just over before you know it, and you need to be playing good ball in that month leading up to leading up to the SEC tournament and to the NCAA tournament. But, you know, also right now you are projected to be a two-seed. You're one-seed to Houston, Kansas, Alabama, Alabama, and Purdue. I would say out of the two-seeds then, UCLA, Tennessee, you know, we've seen Kansas State in there. Iowa State we've even seen projected in there. Um, I think you're comfortably the sixth national seed right now and mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to projections. But if you want to stay in that one-seed conversation, uh, if – you want to get in that one seed conversation, you can't lose games like on the road at LSU. If you want to stay as a two seed, you definitely can't, you know, you can't be losing games like this either. So we'll catch a break. We'll have our final score predictions and our best bet on the other side. Stay with us here on the Blitz. All righty, Mr. Beard. It is 11.53 on a lovely Friday in Knoxville. That means it's time I need from you. I need three things. Score prediction for Tennessee LSU. Mm -hmm. Leading score with how many points they're going to score. And then also the best bet from the weekend. All right. Um, I'll knock out the Tennessee real quick. Let me – I'll take Tennessee to win this game uh, 78-61. to I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Julian Phillips as our leading scorer. He's gonna have 18 points, and I'm gonna take the Grizzlies tonight minus seven against the Lakers. The red hot Grizzlies, the team that can't lose in 2023. Give me the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't hate that. Don't hate that at all. Um. Tennessee LSU, right? I'm trying to figure out who I think the leading scorer is going to be. I mean, I think that Tennessee wins this one. I think they win 78. Actually, no, 79. 79 uh, to 70. A little bit tighter than maybe we'd like. Yeah. 79-70. You think that's covering the spread? 
I don't know. I don't know. That'll be right around. It's an eleven point spread. I think if it's an eleven point, I think uh, I think if LSU is covering in my seventy nine seventy, it's a backdoor thing. Mm Hmm. Maybe like a little last second three. Yeah, like I think that this is it. This is a game that feels like a double digit win, but you only win by nine. Um. Give me Olivier with seventeen points. Okay. As the leading scorer on okay. Saturday, feel good about it. I feel good. Go get a win. Five and one versus one and five. Can't lose this game. Just can't. Can't lose this game. As for my best bet from the weekend, uh, I'm heading over to the NFL. Oh, we're doing like the whole weekend. I mean, it could be tonight. It can be the weekend. All right, I'll take Giants money line. It's too late. You already have Grizz. Nope, Giants money line. I'll parlay them. <laughs> I was going to parlay Giants money line, Bengals money line. Okay. I like that a lot. To get to. I like that a lot. Uh, 10 to 1 odds. Really? 10 and a half to 1. I'm just going to place that this weekend. That's, I, I will be, be placing I that. I don't know if that's my best bet, but I'm going to be placing that. Uh, best bet is going to be an alternate spread. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Bengals minus 6.5 at okay. 5 to 1. Okay. That is... My best bet. You're, you're flipping the spread there. I like that. Yeah, I'm flipping the spread. I like that a lot. And I'm watching the Bengals flip two middle fingers to the NFL. That's what's happening. Sunday, 3 o'clock, we're winning money. Uh, but that'll do it for us on the Blitz. We'll see you back on Monday. I pray that it is not a Monday where we have to go try to defend Rick Barnes and, and have some sort of crisis. I hope it's just a happy Victory Monday, but for Andy Sam might Beard, think he's winning the Super Bowl. Andy might. We don't know. I hope he's having a good time up there. I hope he doesn't get too intimidated by the big city. <laughs> a boy like him can get lost in those mean streets. For Sam Beard, I'm Charlie Collier. Hey, we hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening this week. John Reed, Talk Sports, there up next. <laughs>